0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Yukon Internal Medicine Ambulatory Podcast Series. In this podcast, we will talk about a common condition in men's health called erectile dysfunction. Number one, introduction. Sexual dysfunction is a common problem in men, and it can cause a severe impact on well-being, relationships, and even quality of life. In addition, sexual dysfunction can cause or worsen anxiety, depression, and other psychological problems. Number two. Definitions. Erectile dysfunction is the persistent or recurrent inability to achieve and maintain a penile erection sufficient for sexual intercourse. Erections occur as the interaction between multiple factors, including neurologic, vascular, psychologic, and hormonal. If any of these factors are affected, erectile dysfunction occurs. Number three. Epidemiology. Erectile dysfunction is common and affects up to 30 million American men. Furthermore, 50% of men at age of 50 years old and up to 70% of men by age 70 will have erectile dysfunction. Number four, pathophysiology. When sexual arousal occurs, the sympathetic activation of the sacral segments of the spinal cord leads to the production of basodilatory substances such as nitric oxide increasing cyclic GMP. The ensuing muscle relaxation allows the penal sinusoids to fill with blood. In addition, the expansion of the sinusoids causes passive compression of the venous plexus, leading to a reduction of venous outflow. The resultant increased intracavernosal pressure produces an erection. Men's typical sexual response cycle usually occurs in four stages desire or libido, arousal, orgasm, and resolution. Erectal dysfunction can occur at any of those stages. Number five, etiologies. Erectal dysfunction can occur due to several factors, including psychogenic, neurologic, anatomical or structural, hormonal, drug-induced, or idiopathic. The exact mechanism for psychogenic erectile dysfunction is unknown. When a patient is not having morning erections, we should investigate for a secondary or organic cause. There are specific considerations for each group of possible causes. Vascular causes are usually due to atherosclerotic disease in patients with risk factors, for example, smoking, diabetes, dyslipidemia, and others. Neurologic causes are usually the result of a spinal cord lesion or CNS diseases, such as CVA, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's dementia, or a spinal or pelvic injury, for example, pelvic surgery due to prostatic cancer. Anatomic causes are usually due to a structural abnormality, such as significant curvatures, disorders of the foreskin, traumatic sequelae, or other skin disorders. Multiple hormonal disorders can cause erectile dysfunction, such as hypothalamic pituitary axis abnormalities, obesity, testosterone deficiency, among other causes. There are several medications that can cause erectile dysfunction. And erectile dysfunction caused by medications is very prevalent. The implicated drugs include antidepressants, particularly SSRIs, antihypertensive medications such as beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, and thiazide diuretics, aldosterone antagonists, antipsychotics, and recreational drugs, particularly alcohol and opiates. Number six, important diagnostic facts. In patients with newly diagnosed erectile dysfunction, the American Urologic Society recommends assessing for hypogonadism, defined as a morning total testosterone below 300 nanograms over deciliter, repeated at least one time, and with consistent clinical features. The morning total testosterone is usually done between 8 and 10 a.m. As indicated, we can consider further investigations for abnormal results such as morning-free, Total and bioavailable testosterone, LH, prolactin, and even brain imaging. Number seven, management. The treatment goals are to improve libido, improve the ability to initiate and maintain an erection, and treat concomitant premature ejaculation. If a secondary cause was identified, then the goal is to optimize directed therapy. Discontinuation of the culprit substance, such as alcohol or opiates, or medications such as SSRIs, is, is essential as well. The initial medications to consider are the phosphodiesterase-5 inhibitors. Most of them have the same efficacy, but tadalafil has a longer duration, although it is more expensive. Other PDE-5s include sildenafil, belarafil, and avanafil. PDE inhibitors are contraindicated in patients taking nitrates due to the risk of severe hypotension. Furthermore, when a patient is using an alpha adrenergic antagonist, such as tamsulosin, hypotension may also occur. Usually, the risk of hypotension is lower with tamsulosin and silodosin. Other options include vacuum devices, penile injectable drugs, and intraurethral alprostadil. Surgical implantation of a penile prosthesis is indicated for men who cannot use or have not responded to less invasive therapies. In addition, There is a role for hormone replacement therapy only in patients who have documented hypogonadism. Thank you for listening. Please follow our podcast in Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts to know that you're listening to us and loving our episodes. We will see you in our next podcast. Goodbye.